Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing today? It is the first Friday of this Lenten season. It is a day of abstinence. You don't have to fast until Good Friday. Um, you you may, of course. Uh, God loves um, a, a cheerful giver. That doesn't always refer to only refer to money, but to our hearts for Him. But today is a day of of uh, abstinence from meat, um, and that is on pain of sin because it's not. Uh, an optional situation. Um, so um, I'm thinking of a lot of people on, on a certain diet who eat only meat. You've got to find other forms of protein today. Um, we're going. It's Friday, and you know I asked last week uh, for feedback on our reading a story to you each Friday. And um, and I, I received one negative uh, response and several positive responses. So it seems, if that's any representation, that you love stories. I read these stories. These stories are for boys and, girl, boys and girls. And, and the one who um, uh, was negative or positively told me she doesn't care for fiction. Um, I'm not against that. I never read fiction either. So if you're listening, uh, dear one, uh, I don't blame you at all because I would never read fiction. This is a really a book. It's, it's Catholic tales for boys and girls. But we're big boys and girls, and I love them. These stories are written for children for a moral to tell a, a truth. They're all Catholic. Um, Carol Hauslander is the author. And she's, in my mind, one of the greatest writers ever. Um, and I love these stories, and as much as children can appreciate them, I believe we can appreciate them so much more. Why else would I read them to a community of sisters? We just love them. So I'm going to continue because it was, uh, I think, four to one on on um, the positive end. So um, I'm still going to ask Dearest for your feedback. And if you if you really don't want these stories, um, I'm I'm aiming to do them each Friday. And if you'd rather that we just continue to uh, teach through the faith, we will do that. It, it's not that much of an issue to me. I just thought we have completed two books on this here in our community, and. Um, we're also reading deep theological things, and we're we're focusing on the passion of our Lord uh, throughout the Lent and season. Um, and um, but we've loved these, so let me know. Just give me your feedback. And again, you're able to call in uh, or text all through the program now. Um, and the toll free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Okay, uh, this little story is, is titled The Cure's Guest, C-U-R-E apostrophe S, that's the priest, The Cure's Guest. Monsieur Le Cure is coming. One of the um, uh, men of the village said, Monsieur... Monsieur Le Cure is coming, old Hortense said, looking out of her doorway. 
to the middle um, of the village street. She said this, not because, hold on just a moment, sorry. She said this not because she could see him in the distance, but because Marie Angel had begun to dance in the road in her most brazen way, and John to beat loudly on his drum. All the other children were clapping and shouting to them to go on. And by the way, I'm, I'm a little interruption here. If you have children at home, gather them round because they would love the story. But Monsieur Le Cure only smiled as he passed and spoke a word of greeting. After that, he read his breviary and seemed not to notice the long legs and frantic gestures of Marie Angel and Jean and the clapping of the others. <clears throat> it was a very sad village. It had hardly one good Catholic in it. It used to have a Catholic school. This is kind of. Uh, what we're looking at today, huh? It used to have a Catholic school, but this had failed because the people would not support it. Now there was only the government school, where the schoolmaster taught the children to laugh at their priest, and the children thought they were great and fine to do it. Marie Angel did not really like leaping and capering in the blazing sun. John did not like beating his drum for her leaping. They did it because each of them thought the other would think it bold and clever. Monsieur Le Cure smiled and passed. Even old Hortense felt inclined to cuff the two children for their impudence and stupidity and for leading all the others into it. But she and many of the grown-ups in their village had learned the same folly in the same school. I tell you, beloved, this is a story of years past, but it, it sounds like it could be coming back to us today. <clears throat> Monsieur Le Cure was very poor. He lived in a little cottage on the hill that he swept and cleaned himself, and he cooked his own meals. Although he was very humble, he used to draw the blinds when he cooked, because some of the children stared in at the window and made fun of him. He mended his own clothes, too, because there was no one else to do it, and he was a very tidy man. Sometimes an old man or woman fell ill, and the curé would come to see them. Then they often shouted at him to go away. And when he had gone, they would be afraid of death and send for him to return. And he would come back, even late at night, in the rain, because he loved them all and felt sorry for them. Every Sunday, after the curé had read the notices at Mass, he used to say... The children will all be welcome to tea at the rectory this afternoon. The children never went, not even one. But nonetheless, every Saturday night, the curé went to the baker's shop and bought a big bag of penny buns. Not dull bones, buns that are the same all around, but those made like little bald men with currants for eyes, or like little women with umbrellas made out of gingerbread. And everyone, especially Marie Angel and Jean, longed to eat the buns at the curé's cottage. But they wouldn't, for fear the others would say they had been conquered with a gingerbread lady or a bun man. Poor Marie Angel was an especially greedy little girl, and she had no pennies. 
Sometimes she peeped into the candy store on a Saturday and saw Monsieur Le Curé buying a large bag of brightly colored candies. They were her favorite sort. And sometimes, when she was in bed on Saturday night, she could not help thinking of candy until her mouth watered, and she wished the next old lady who got frightened of dying would send her to fetch the curé. One very hot, shining Sunday, Marie-Angèle and Jean were sitting at the side of the hedge. At the top of the hill, they could see the curé's cottage. "'It's a funny thing,' said Jean." that he goes on buying candy and buns, and no one eats them. Yes, said Marie-Angèle, and it's a funny thing that he never seems to mind. I mean, he always speaks to us. Yes, and smiles, said Jean. I would like to know what he does with the buns and candy, said Marie-Angèle. I suppose he guzzles them all himself, said Jean. It would be rather fun, said Marie-Angèle slowly, looking at Jean out of the corner of her eye, to go and peep in at the window. Then we'd know. Yes, yes, said Jean doubtfully, but he'd see us, and he might drag us in to preach at us. That's all he wants, really, to make us learn catechism. Marie-Angèle sighed. We can't be sure he would. Anyhow, we could say we wouldn't learn. I'm not going. I believe you like him, said Jean, who liked the curé himself and longed to go. There is no one to see us if we do go, said Marie-Angèle. Yes, there is, Jean answered suddenly. There is someone coming up the hill. A boy. Marie-Angèle peeped over the hedge. So there is... I've never seen him before, have you? Jean stared. No, look, do you see how the sun moves along behind his head? It is so dazzling, you cannot see his face. And see, said Marie-Angèle, he has fallen and hurt himself. His hands are bleeding. And his feet, said Jean, he must have come on the stony road and fallen on it. No, I think he has fallen in the thorn bush. Don't you see there are thorns caught in his hair? I wonder why he doesn't pull them out. Let's watch where he goes, says Jean. They crouched behind the hedge, and the boy passed them and went on toward the curé's cottage. I say, said Marie-Angèle, I do really want to follow him. You want the candy, said Jean sulkily. His own feet were dancing to follow, and he was angry because he did not know why. But the boy had disappeared into the cottage, and Marie-Angèle was already running up the hill, so Jean ran after her. When they got to the cottage, they crept to the window and looked in, and they saw a most unexpected thing. And you know what I'm going to do, beloved? I'm going to tell you what they saw when we return from the break. Don't I sound like a real professional commercial artist? (laughs) We'll be right back after the break. And let me remind you um, that I welcome you. If you'd like to call in with anything on your heart, the phone number is toll free. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
Gospels record many instances of our Lord going off to a secluded place to pray, so we can be sure that finding a quiet place for prayer is vital for us as well. Located in the serene setting of Cranberry, Pennsylvania, the St. Thomas More House of Prayer is the perfect place to deepen your prayer life or to hold a group retreat. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center whose mission is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and spread this beautiful prayer of the Church. Book a visit or learn more by going to liturgyofthehours.org or call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Don't let it be said, my dear friends, that you are not praying and sacrificing for souls, especially those in your own family, your loved ones, your beloveds, your friends, your relatives. We must pray. We can't even imagine people losing their souls in hell for all eternity. How could anybody even imagine that? Think about it, and then you'll pray more and more. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. Um, and uh, we are in the middle or about the middle of a really wonderful story called the cure's guest. The cure is the priest. And um, every Sunday after Mass, he invited, or at the just prior to the homily, he invited all the boys and girls, all the children in the village, to come to his little cottage. And Jean and Marie-Angèle, of this story, they, they didn't want to go because they said, we, he just wants to teach us catechism. Oops, excuse me, and we don't want to go. But they watched him go to the baker and buy buns, uh, decorated, wonderful buns. Um, and, excuse me, I'm, I'm trying to swallow hiccups and it's not working. I think I have a little sugar here. One second. Um, and then he would buy candies. And they wondered, what does he do with all those? He can't eat all those himself. Nobody ever goes to his cottage. And one day, um, they thought um, they would follow him. And I'm going to back up just a little bit. Um, and uh, let me just see. Um, 
they were afraid they might drag him into the college to, to the cottage to preach at him. And Marie Angel sighed, we can't be sure he would. Anyhow, we could say we wouldn't learn. And John says, I'm not going. I believe you like him. And John, who liked the curé himself and longed to go, wouldn't go. There's no one to see us if we do go, said Marie Angel. Yes, there is, John answered suddenly. Now, this is where we left off. There is someone coming up the hill. Listen carefully. A boy... Marie Angel peeped over the hedge. So there is. I've never seen him before. Have you? Jean stared. No. Look, do you see how the sun moves along behind his head? It is so dazzling you cannot see his face. And see, said Marie Angel, he has fallen and hurt himself. His hands are bleeding. And his feet, said Jean, he must have come on the stony road and fallen on it. No. I think he has fallen in the thorn bush. Don't you see? There are thorns caught in his hair. I wonder why he doesn't pull them out. Let's watch where he goes, said John. They crouched behind the hedge, and the boy passed them and went on toward the curé's cottage. I say, said Marie Angel, I do really want to follow him. You want the candy, said Jean sulkily. His own feet were dancing to follow, and he was angry because he did not know why. But the boy had disappeared into the cottage, and Marie Angel was already running up the hill. So Jean ran after her. When they got to the cottage, they crept to the window and looked in. They saw a most unexpected thing. The boy was dancing, not like Marie Angel. But a gentle little child's dance. The curé was beating an old drum like Jean's, only laughing and not with a set, angry face. And as they watched, something strange happened. First, the boy seemed to be Marie Angèle herself while he danced, and the little flashing feet were bare and bleeding. And then he turned into Jean and took the drum and beat it. Only the hands that clasped the drumsticks were torn, and after that, he seemed to be a lot of children they knew, and these children all sat around the curé and ate his buns and candy and talked to him. And presently, the curé told them about Jesus Christ, who dwells in children's hearts and is the kindest and goodness, kindness and goodness in them, and how the children comforted him, the curé, and made up for their grown-ups, and how they must be as sweet and gentle to them as to himself, and teach them about the little Lord. As they listened, the two children saw that after all, only one boy was there, spelled with a capital B. Only one boy was there, sitting on the stool at the priest's feet, smiling tenderly at him. The sun was still behind his head, the thorns still in his hair, and at last they understood. For a long time they stood, hanging their heads. Then Marie Angel whispered, It is the Christ child pretending to be us, so that the curé won't know we have not come. Then, whispered John, he must be pretending to be something very mean and horrid. 
No, said Marie Angel. He's pretending to be us, as we would be if we let Monsieur le Curé give him to us. Then he would live in our souls and make us nice. Jean was silent then. He said, We are very proud, and God is very humble then. Yes, said Marie Angel. On the next Sunday, and all the Sundays after it, the whole company of children in the village went up the hill to the cottage, and two of them knew that a little boy with wounded feet led them. Now when Monsieur le Curé passes through the village, Marie Angèle still dances, and Jean beats his drum, but it is a pretty and pleasant dance, and the drummer laughs and smiles at the audience. Yet it is the same dance and the same music that the curé had always seen and heard because he had always seen the children as if they were generous and beautiful as God meant them to be. The end. You see, beloved, why I love these stories? Of course, they're children's stories, but unless we enter heaven as a little child, unless we become a little child, we won't enter heaven. If you don't love that story, I don't know where your heart is. But you may not appreciate it because you're a mature adult. But it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And I love everyone who hears it. And the sisters here just melted with these stories. Did they learn anything new? No. But we love anything that will lead any soul to Christ. And these are beautiful stories. So still, I ask you, dear ones, for your feedback. Um, if you, if you, if I get enough, I only had one negative comment, and I, I respect that one because I felt the same about fiction, but um, we have had other quite positive comments. So let let us know. Uh, many comments on Facebook or or emails or phone calls, whatever it is. Go ahead and let us know, dear ones. Um, we have an email from Jean which I took yesterday, but it was right at the end of the program. And um, hold on just a moment now. Hold on a moment. Just a moment. I'm sorry to stop here. Um, Okay, you know what I did? I, I lost the page for a moment. But we have um, um, a long email from Jean. Let me see where this went. Oh my goodness, what did I do? I lost the page. Um, and we read it yesterday, and I, I wish I said I was going to take it today. Um, hold on now, I'm so sorry. Um, my apologies, dear ones. I lost the um, I lost the page with your emails and with your um, your questions. Let me see if I can get it back. Yes, I can. Hold on a moment. Okay, here we are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Um, okay, we got it. Sorry for that little disruption here. Um, but I said I wanted to take it today because we couldn't do justice to it yesterday. And so I'm going to read that through today and maybe um, be able to um, answer uh, 
Jean a little little more thoroughly. Jean writes, Good evening, Mother Miriam. I really learned so much from your daily programs, and now, feeling drawn to the Catholic Church, I'm believing more and more each day that it is the church Jesus spoke of when he said he will build his church. I've been Protestant my whole life and always remained non-denominational because I always sensed Jesus was not one of all those choices. For many years, I wondered, where is the church Jesus built? The enemy did a good job spreading his lies against the Catholics to prevent the world from hearing the truth. Jean, you're so, so right. You are so right. In my non-denominational Protestantism, it's, it's become the denomination of non-denominationalism um, we were taught there there is no uh, visible church set on a hill as Jesus said it is simply the invisible body of believers but that's absolutely not what God did um, and Jean says um, I'm now convinced my heart is Catholic and very hungry for the truth of God's word I need to find a Bible and one um, hold on now, where did it go? I need to find a Bible, and one morning last week you mentioned the revised version. I went on Amazon, and so many different versions. Which version did you suggest? And I held it up yesterday for the camera, but mine is so taped um, from being torn, you can't see it. Pardon me. It is the revised standard version, Catholic edition, R S. V-C-E, Revised Standard Version. The word version is important. Revised Standard Version, Catholic Edition, and it's published by Ignatius Press. Gene <clears throat> um, says, thank you for everything you are doing to bring in the sheep. Sometime... Um, and, and we didn't read this part yesterday. It's beautiful. Thank you for everything you're doing to bring in the sheep. Sometime very soon, I will be writing to ask how I go about joining the Catholic Church. I feel not quite ready and will continue to learn the strange words and phrases used in the church. I ask my God to teach me and cleanse me from all fall, false prior teaching through the years. Let me, let me just uh, suggest, dear Jean... If your heart believes, don't hold it back from God. If, if you believe um, in the integrity of your heart that it is the church, don't wait till you understand all the doctrines and all the strange words and all everything else. Don't wait. You come home and you'll learn in the house. <laughs> you'll learn with the family of God and we'll all teach you. So don't hold back. If you're not sure about doctrine or or faith and all that, if you're not confirmed in your heart uh, about the Catholic Church, it's good to to wait and and study a little further. But don't worry until you learn everything. Don't worry about knowing things. Don't even worry about knowing when to stand or kneel or anything. You'll just be with the family, and they'll help you, and you'll follow them. And Jean says, I pray many blessings for you, Mother, and for the situation in Beloit. Thank you, Jean. I pray God's will be done for the best interest of all. Much love, Jean. I, Jean, I really appreciate your email very much. And if there's a specific doctrine or question holding you back, 
feel free to write that in by email or to call in or email me privately. However, it, it will help you the best. God bless you. There's the music for our second break. Be right back after the break. We concluded the story. So we'll take your emails and your calls for the rest of the program. God bless you. The toll-free number, one 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just out of touch? It's going to have to change if it ever hopes to be relevant in today's world. But G.K. Chesterton says... We do not need a church that will move with the world. We need a church that will move the world. It's not that the church has to change, it's that the world has to change, and it's up to us as the church to change the world. That is the call to conversion. We don't convert the world by giving in to it. Chesterton says, The world is converted by the saint that contradicts it most. I guess that explains why in an age that worships money, sex, and power, the most influential woman in the modern world was a tiny little nun taking care of the sick and dying in the streets of Calcutta. Want more than a minute? Visit Chesterton.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Again, our lines are wide open. We have a whole half hour before us, and I welcome your calls um, at toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously and says... Good morning, Mother. I had a horrifying experience this past Saturday in Holy Confession. Even now, I cannot believe I'm saying that. Confession always left me feeling at peace and joyful, but unfortunately not this time. It did not disturb my inner peace, the peace of knowing that Jesus is with me and forgives all my sins, but it left me feeling uncomfortable. 
well, the large space between horrifying and uncomfortable. Every time I think of what occurred, my spirit is disturbed. I hope I am able to express what occurred accurately and clearly. Forgive me for this long email, but I need your advice. And beloved, um, I just took a peek. I haven't read it yet, but it, it is a long email. And um, I'll read through it. We'll, we'll read it together. And the reason I would do that even though it's long, rather than just sum it up, is because everyone who writes is not alone in their experience. They're not alone. And whoever is writing this one anonymously, I know that you're not alone. He or she says, at the risk of not exposing the sins, I confessed. As I was confessing my sins, I was adding context for the confessor to establish an understanding to the situation, not as an excuse for my sins, no, but to help him know what brought me to commit the sin and therefore knowing my heart and motive. That is where I made my mistake and so regret it. I'm going to interrupt along the way because it is so long and and comment. Um, It is a great temptation for all of us to want the... um, the confessor, the priest, to know the circumstances around our sin. Uh, it's a tremendous confession, uh, uh, temptation rather, for us to want to explain to them the circumstances. We say, well, we still, it's not an excuse, it's still my sin. But if they know the circumstances, we're really thinking that maybe <clears throat> they'll understand why we did what we did. And in a sense, we are blaming other people in the circumstances, and we're not blaming us. You see, it's it's not it's our reaction to things that shows us where we're at. So the circumstances may have led us to sin, but it's they didn't lead us to sin. We reacted and sinned, and so many priests don't want to hear the story around our sin. They just want us to know that our heart is sinful and we acted on the state of our soul. Someone else in the same situation may not have sinned at all. Um, And uh, uh, where you haven't sinned in a situation, someone else might have. It's not the cause of the situation. And I know that's what you're saying. Uh, You sinned, you're taking responsibility for your sin. But when we want the priest to know everything that surrounds it, we're really asking for um, for comfort and for understanding and for leniency. Um, and it really takes away from our right judgment of ourselves. Hold on. So, um, uh, and, and, and whoever's writing this says, it's not an excuse for my sins, no, but to help him know what brought me to commit the sin and therefore knowing my heart and motive. So when we do that, we really are wanting to um, lessen our responsibility for the sin. And, And this person says, that is where I made my mistake and so regret it. The context had to do with the vax, the vaccination, and that I lost my job. With that, he told me the church approves taking the vax. No, 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 no. And me um, and my big mouth proceeded to tell him no, and that they are abortion-tainted vax, and that my conscience has guided me not to take the vax because of the relationship with abortion. 
big mistake. He became agitated, I guess you would say. I would say angry, but I'm trying to be charitable again. Me and my big mouth, I attempted to explain in more detail, and he shouted, well, you are wrong, adding, this is about science and is not political. Oh, my dear, if I were in your shoes, shame on the priest, and if I were in your shoes, I would have simply announced my sin. If I believed I sin, I would have announced my sin and let it go. Uh, you just came across a um, unfortunate situation with that priest. Then she goes on, or he goes on to say, then he added, agitated, um, I spoke with pro-life organizations and they said they are safe vax to take, which are not, abo- there are safe vaccinations to take, which are not abortion tainted, so you are wrong. And the priest was very agitated saying this. I have to tell you, Mother, I felt my blood start to boil and anger surge within me. But then I realized I was in the confessional, a holy sanctuary. So I immediately calmed myself down and responded, Father, I'm not here to debate and argue with you. We are in the confessional. Oh, my goodness. What a reversal of roles. I just want to confess my sins. I even told him that I felt very uncomfortable in the confessional, and he said, that's okay, now say an act of contrition. I wasn't even done with my confession. I was in shock, actually, and was considering leaving the confession altogether. But I thought of Jesus, remained, and said the act of contrition. I did not hear him grant me absolution, but I am assuming he did, because he gave me a penance. The penance was to pray for openness, He obviously thought I was closed-minded to the vax and did not accept my explanation regarding my conscience. However, I take this penance directly from my precious Lord Jesus. We should always do that. You're very right to do that. Because praying to be open to God's grace is a perfect penance, which I will pray every day. Jesus did allow this incident to occur, and I have been praying for his guidance. I left there in tears and humiliated and could not get out of that church fast enough because I was crying, which is probably a good thing for my soul. A little mortification goes a long way. As I walked to my car, the doubt started to fill my mind, thinking maybe I should have taken the jab. No, you shouldn't have. No one should. No one should take that vaccine, abortion tainted or not. It is it, it, it kills us. It's, just, it's not a vaccine. It's a pathogen to destroy our body. But then she says, I thought of you, Mother, and all the priests, including Archbishop Snyder, who are in agreement with not taking the jab, and my peace was restored with my decision. When my daughters heard what I went through, of course, they were furious and told me I should report him to the bishop. I wouldn't do that if I were you. The bishop might be in the same position. She says, I really don't want to do that. Don't do that. I want to choose to forgive him and pray for him daily. The lesson I learned from this is that I should have just confessed my sins, omitting context. That's correct. That is correct. And um, not simply because you came across a um, um, a bad situation with the priest, uh, but because when we try to explain our circumstances, number one, we're looking for comfort for our sins. We're looking for understanding for our sins, which is uh, 
which detracts from a heart of repentance. And secondly, um, it's very difficult for a priest in a confessional on the spot to really understand the circumstances. Um, It's the confessional, and that's what we should go to do, simply confess our sins. And if the priest asks us the context, then we can tell him. Of course, she she here goes on, I will not be returning to that church anymore. It isn't my parish because I moved and now belong to a different parish. So now I moved on to find a new confessor. This is where I need your advice. I was thinking of mailing him the information anonymously regarding the aborted uh, tainted facts, or maybe I should identify myself. I would never, beloved, I would never write to a priest anonymously. If you have the courage of your convictions, don't write anonymously. Uh, sometimes if, if he gets an anonymous letter, you didn't have the, the respect to sign your name, he could put it in the garbage. Why should he even read it? Some priests feel that way, and I don't, I don't um, blame them. We should never write anonymously. Um, the intention is to educate him. I was also thinking of writing to the pastor of the parish, letting him know what transpired, and sending him the information as well. Do you think it's a good idea, or should I just leave it be? I think you should leave it be. Um, if the pastor uh, is not of the same opinion as this priest, uh, you can make an appointment with the pastor and speak with him face to face and tell him what occurred. Um, the pastor may think the same. He may think the same. Um, and you can also tell him that you'd never heard words of absolution and do not know if truly you were absolved by the priest. If you're that upset, I would simply make an appointment with the pastor and let him know what transpired and, and the pastor will be aware of it. Um, but don't write anonymously. As always, thank you, Mother, for your wisdom. And again, sorry for the long email. I'm big on context. God bless you, Mother. Love you. You're big on context, and I'm sure if you told the whole story, it, the email would be three times longer. And that's maybe what you have put the priest up against, a lot of context. So um, I would say... Don't hold a grudge against the priest. Pray for him that he would have the true understanding of the vaccination. And, um, and I, would, I would make a point with the pastor, if you wish, um, um, uh, not to complain so much about that priest, but to tell him what went on in the confessional. And again, that he has a priest that says the vax is okay. And the pastor may believe it also. Um, but when we go to the confessional, um, we do a true examination of conscience. And if we have sinned, uh, it, we don't sin in a vacuum. Uh, we don't sin in thin air out of nothing. There's always a context to our sin. There's always a story. And we're responding to it. If we respond with love and forgiveness and uh, understanding or we just pray for that person who has maybe sinned against us, this is a good thing. But if we sin because of the person or the circumstances, we need to take responsibility for that. And again, it's not our actions that show us the state of our soul. It's our reactions that show us the state of our soul. And so... um, 
we have sinned for whatever it is, mortal or venial or whatever it is, because of a circumstance. And we need to take responsibility that that circumstance has not caused us to sin. It has simply been a mirror to our soul to show us our state, the state of our soul. If we respond in anger or we sin, whatever it is, um, then we have to say, Lord, thank you for giving me that circumstance to show me my spiritual state and then ask him to help you to mature spiritually and deepen your, your love for him. Don't blame circumstances. If you sin, never blame the circumstances. I thank God that the circumstances have shown you uh, where you're at spiritually so that now you have a, a mission to overcome that. All right, beloved, there's the music, and it'll be our last segment for today. So again, the phones are so quiet, but they're wide open, and you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com, and we'll be right back. of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I'm a widower, parent of three almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTigg, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. Mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work. I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started, and I was so excited I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed, by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes and um, plenty of time still for you to call in at toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Elizabeth just left a comment on Facebook um, and asked, where can I get the information about the tainted vax? Um, a, a good website is Children of God for Life. Children of God for Life. Um, and um, that's it. Children of God for Life, and you will have a lot of information, vaccine overview and uh, COVID-19 and abortion-tainted, other abortion-tainted products, fetal and vaccine research, uh, all of that, about religious exemptions for the vaccine, Children of God for Life, and um, for those of you who really want support on how to respond to this, um, uh, I would. I don't have the articles in front of me, but you can you can uh, do it an online search. Um, uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder uh, at, uh, on the vaccine, and you'll get a tremendous amount of information on how to handle this. We have Steve from Massachusetts on the phone. Hi, Steve. Hi, Mother. Hello, dear. Yes, I, I have a, I have a question for you, Mother Miriam. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I've gone back to the church about a year and a half now. Um, taking my 91 year old mom back, you know, she she um, was you know because of the COVID, <clears throat> she couldn't, um, she didn't go to church anymore. And I got mm-hmm. her back about a year and a half ago when the church mm-hmm. opened back up. Okay, because they they were they were strict mm-hmm. up here in Massachusetts. And yeah, I heard. I, yes, and and I um. I'm very interested. Uh, I haven't been in church for many decades, and mm. I'm sixty. Uh, I'm sixty-three years old, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things I don't understand. Okay. And I asked the priest. I asked the priest about confession. Yes. And he asked if I was if I was ready, and I knew what I was, you know, what it was about. And, I, and he told me to go online on the parish line and website, and they had a thing there for confession, how to do it, and everything, and. And I and I am ready, so I'm ready to move forward. But there's a lot of things I don't understand. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, I've been away, f- and I haven't done confession for 50 years. Um, like, you wow. Know. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I I really like um, what you know when I'm in church with my mom. I I hand her the hymn book when they're ready to sing, and yes. I have the page open. And it's priceless to watch her pray and sing. And, How and, beautiful. You know, how beautiful, Steve. Oh, it's, it's priceless. In, in, in my own self, I pray every morning and I read God's Word just about every day. Mm-hmm. And, and I want more. I want more. I want to get back. Good, the, sweetheart. Uh, Good. We want you all the way home. All the way home. I'm very sorry that priest told you to go online and read about confession. I'm so sorry about that. Uh, rather than just him sitting down with you and helping you. Um, Steve, um, all you you were baptized Catholic, right? And you 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 never left the church, is that right? You just haven't gone. 
<clears throat> but you never formally Correct. left the church. Okay. The only thing you need to do, and you've had, you've been confirmed? Yes. Okay. Steve, the only thing you need to do to fully come home and receive our Lord in the Eucharist is to go to confession. It's the only thing you need to do. And um, go to your priest, go to into the confession, and just say, uh, Father... It's been 50 years or more since my last confession. I was baptized Catholic. I had the the sacraments confirmed and all of that, but I haven't been in the church in over 50 years. And um, uh, I, I don't really know what to do, but I want to confess my sins and come back home. And I, I'm sure I can think of a number of th- sins to confess to you, but there's no way I could think of all of them. And the priest, a good priest, should help you through that. And that what you don't remember, just say, and for all my other sins, which I simply don't remember, I'm sorry for them. I'm sorry for offending God. I'm sorry for um, anyone I've hurt through my sins. And... Um, and I want to come home and and let him absolve you and say the act of contrition, and you'll be a sheep that's returned home, Steve. Um, no priest should send you to the website on that. I'm so sorry about that. But um, is there more than one priest in your church? Uh, yes. All right. Uh, the, the one you went to, was he the main pastor? Yes, he was. Oh, wow. Well... I would go to another priest. I, I can't imagine a man that wants to confess after 50 years that someone sends him home to go on the website. It's unthinkable to me. Steve, go to another priest and just say, Father, would you hear my... Con-? Either that or go during confession time. That, you know, going, go toward the church's confession time um, and just go in there. And whoever's in the confessional, the person in the confessional, Steve is a priest he's a man but he's in persona christi a man cannot forgive your sins god forgives your sins through that man so it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the screen Um, it's christ and when the priest says i absolve you it's jesus saying to you i absolve you through that priest god has chosen to reach us through men. He wrote the Bible through men. Uh, when the, con- the consecration is done at Mass, and the priest says, this is my body, this is my blood. It, basically, and I've said this before, uh, the priest who helped me into the church said the priest does his most important work when he's not himself. It's Christ who is the high priest, Christ who is the victim, and Christ who says to you, through that priest, but Christ says, you're absolved. Christ says, this is my body. Our Lord says, this is my blood. And just like at the Last Supper, uh, bread and wine obey and become his body and blood. So, dear one, um, I don't want you to worry about anything. Your heart is beautiful, and Jesus has filled you with his grace to desire to come back home. So, just go to confession and say, Father, it's been over 50 years since I've been to confession, since I've been in the church. I want to come home and confess my sins to you. I can't remember all of them for 50 years, but I'll tell you what I remember and ask if you will help me. That's all you need to do, Steve. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. Okay, sweetheart. Just don't worry. God is there to forgive you. Um, 
uh, don't, d- d- just don't worry about it. And you go to confession and then you come to Mass and receive our Lord for the first time in over 50 years. It'll be very wonderful. He loves you, Steve, and he's waiting for you to come home. I know he does. I, mm-hmm. I feel that. Yes, yes. Every little lost sheep he wants home. Every little lost sheep. And you are a lost sheep who has found his way home. And it's extremely beautiful. And the angels are rejoicing. Go to confession, have communion, and then, Steve, if you're up to it, give me a call back on the radio and let me know. I would love it. I and I'm going to be. Okay, sweetheart. And I'm going to be praying for you and give our, our blessings and love also to your mom. Thank you, Mother. Okay, sweetheart. God bless you. Everybody else, during this Lent, it's the best time in the world to come home. If you're a lost sheep or if you've never been a sheep or you've been a um, fallen away sheep or a a Protestant sheep, (laughs) whoever you are, come home. Come home while it is yet day, while there is yet time, while you still have a heart and a voice to confess your sins, while you are still alive. We don't know that we have tomorrow. Never put off to, to tomorrow what can be done today. Never put it off at all. Um, this is Friday, um, and so we have, uh, and Steve, if you're still listening, and most churches have um, confession times on Saturday, and I, I pray that you will go, and then go to Sunday Mass and receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist. There's nothing greater this side of heaven, nothing. And to everybody else, if you're away from the church, come home. Our Lord loves you, and he's waiting for you. God bless you. Have a good weekend. Pray for the Ukraine. We'll speak with you on Monday, God willing.